everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Yet Another BS Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me this week, as always, is my good buddy, Jeremy. How the fuck are you doing this week? I'm feeling like shit today. I'm going to apologize in advance if you hear any sniffling or coughing, because I've got the whole runny nose, scratchy throat. I'm pretty sure it's allergies, but... I don't know. Maybe I'll be dead tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> Dude, I fucking hate allergies, bro. They're the bane of my existence. Oh, yeah. It's luckily, it's like monsoon raining this morning, so hopefully that knocks down some pollen and shit and cleans Washes it up it a away. bit. The air quality around here, because I, I have never had allergies, but I'm 36 now, and I understand the older you get, the worse life tends to be for you, so... <laughs> Yeah, man. My body's starting to fail at 30. I'm not looking forward to 35. Uh, yeah, it's 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 downhill. Just keeps going. Just fucking rocket ship downhill. <laughs> you know, my buddy, uh, my buddy James, shout out to James if you're listening. Uh, he told me, he wrote, like, he writes me uh, every now and then and talks about, like, the episodes he's listened to and stuff. And he writes me and he goes, hey, man, I finally listened to uh, Yab's Pod. He goes, and they need to come up with a new word that is more than explicit. He goes, cause explicit doesn't even begin to touch y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is funny. Um, it's hey, what we're good at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of James, uh, he has recently gotten a new job that is going to be taking up a lot of his time. Um, so I am going to be taking over the reins of his show, which is the JRPG report. So I'm going to oh, be nice. starting to host that as well. It's like a weekly uh, JRPG news show. Um, so if you enjoy hearing my voice, and I hope you do if you're listening to this, uh, definitely check out the JRPG report. Um, I'll be over on there giving you your weekly or bi-weekly, depending on the amount of news, uh, JRPG, all your goodness. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I speak words good. I, I, I do podcast. <laughs> somebody Somebody has to do it. Yeah, man. And James is a good dude. But that show, I will say that show is family friendly. And that was the promise I made to James is I would keep it family friendly. Um, so I'm not going to be guest hosting on that one anytime soon. <laughs> um, if you do, you just have to behave yourself. Or I'll I don't know to, if I'm able to anymore. I'll have to do editing. <laughs> but uh, which it's, it's always funny when I would guest with James on the episodes after we were done. He'd be like, man, I'm so proud of you. Not one time am I going to have to edit you this this time. The first the <laughs> nice. first couple he had to edit one or two times, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." So I tried to be really good about it. But, um, real quick before I just want to get this out of the way, uh, yeah. dude, I had a burger this week. Now, are you? A, I know I know you have a weird thing with eating. Were you a fan of Hardee's at all? Like, do you do burgers? No, I don't do burgers. Um, Hardee's has a a hot ham and Swiss melt mm. or something that I eat that used to be really good. The last time I got it, it was almost like they took it and like sat it in the deep fryer while it was off and it was just like soaked in grease and dripping and shit. So like, that's uh, just, that's not just the Hardee's here. My mom orders that sandwich and she tells them no butter because if they lather yeah. it with butter, that thing is fucking greasy. It's like dripping fucking grease. It's, oh, it's bad. Like yeah, you eat it and afterwards your stomach is like, damn, why, why did you do that? Next time, order it with no butter. I'm telling you, because okay. it just comes on toasted bread, and it's really quite nice. I'll have um, to try that out. They had a a burger that was like a limited time thing that they've done 
Oh, back in the day, it was like a limited time, but it lasted for like two or year, three years. Yeah. And then they brought it back recently and it stayed around for like a couple months. It was a Philly cheesesteak burger. Oh, and yeah, it was, I remember the commercials for that. Bro, it was so fucking good. I would eat like two or three of them a day. Like it was unhealthy how much I liked those things. Oh, yeah. But then they got rid of them, which is probably better for my health. But then like I haven't had them again for years. Uh, so there's this local food truck that parks at this place across the gas station every week here on the weekends and he uh he does burgers uh philly cheesesteaks uh like you know chicken sandwiches like it's really good food and he's just this dude cooking in this fucking food truck and he uh he started serving a philly cheesesteak burger nice so i tried one the other day and holy fuck is it good oh my god the only (laughs) thing the only thing i have that's a little weird about his burgers though is he puts like um green pepper and stuff in the burger meat so it almost tastes like meatloaf oh yeah so it it takes some getting used to but like dude this philly cheesesteak burger was off the motherfucking chain nice like oh so good and i recommend to anybody if you're out there if you cook a burger put some philly cheesesteak stuff on top of and i'm talking like philly cheesesteak meat the 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 peppers the onions the mushrooms the cheese like the whole everything you would put in a philly cheesesteak just stick that on top of your burger it's phenomenal yeah i went to speaking of the green pepper thing i went to a uh, mexican restaurant in Asheville where my ex-wife's parents lived and they did that they put like you could see like little chunks of pepper in the ground beef of the tacos which was a little weird to me because i'd never been to a place that did that before and you know me with food i'm really weird about that kind of stuff so i'm like wrap the taco up really tight just eat it without looking at it because if you don't see it there it's not there yeah (laughs) it didn't taste weird but it's that weird thing in my head where it's like if i see it there i can't eat it anymore i'm like just pretend it's not there don't look at the food just eat it and be done with it yeah i've never heard of doing that in taco meat usually taco meat's just seasoning and beef yeah and maybe some water to loosen it up a little bit if you're getting that yeah, Taco Bell meat sauce stuff. Bunch of fucking grease. Like if that taco is not dripping, then it's not a taco. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, when people try to get these like, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. I call them hipster tacos where it's like the soft corn tortilla, which are good, but you have to heat oh, yeah. them up, right? But like yeah. you do that with like a little bit of ground beef that's like 90-10 you know, so there's like yeah. no fat oh, in it at all. Oh, yeah. And then they have like their lettuce and their little cream fresh sauce on top and everything. And I'm like, dude, yep. get fucked. Get fucked. That is not a taco. I don't know what that dude, is. Dude, <laughs> I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or not. Um, when I was getting married, we did like the went and looked at the venue and we all went to eat. And we went to this Mexican place right down the street from my store, actually called Gonza's. Dude, they don't serve fucking ground beef there. It's like, oh, you got to get steak or shrimp or chicken or fish or something. And I'm like, dude, do you have ground beef? And the waitress looked at me like she didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, you know, meat that's been ground up that you put in tacos. She's like, we don't serve that here. Like it was fucking (laughs) beneath them. I'm like, well, then don't bring me anything because I don't want food here. That's so strange. Yeah. There's a place in Gainesville that. I'm not sure you can get ground beef. It's a Mexican place, but, but their steak is really good. So like I'll order one of their burrito type things and then I'll just open up the burrito and eat the rice and the beans and then just have the steak. <laughs> oh, nice. 
because trying to bite through steak like a burrito to me is, is just a pain in the ass because you got to tear it and then you're ripping into your burrito too much. And, oh, you know, yeah. So it's like that's a bit of much of a pain. But ground beef is the cornerstone of Tex-Mex. I don't know about real Mexican food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Tex-Mex. Sure. Mm, God, I love it. I love it so much. I will uh, say that like for me, I want like, you know, those fucking flour tortillas that are like the size of a Volkswagen hubcap. Yeah. And I want that. I want like a third to a half a pound of ground beef on it. Like when I have it folded up, I want the fucking grease to be soaking through like the tortilla is a piece of paper. Yeah. Like you got to eat it because you got a time limit before it just disintegrates. <laughs> like that's a good taco to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, dude. A nice, good, big, soft taco or burrito. Dude, they're so fucking. Mm. Oh, yeah. Speaking uh, of fast food, uh, sir, I sent you a video today. Yes. Of uh, some, so I'm going to call him a Kyle. Um, even though, like, <laughs> I know people who are named Kyle that I feel bad for them that that's become a thing. But yeah, I'm going to call him a Kyle. And it was this dude. And I don't know. I guess they were in Burger King is yeah, what I guess the, like what it looked like. King, yeah. And the guy was yelling at the dude behind the counter. And the guy behind the counter looked like he's probably really good at World of Warcraft. And he's just at work oh, trying yeah. to make a living. You know what I mean? Like he's like a nerdy kid. You know what I mean? At least he that's looked the vibe like he was I about got. 16. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 18. Might be his Maybe. first job type thing. And this dude is like, uh, he didn't have an affliction shirt on, but I felt like it was an affliction shirt. You know what I mean? Like that type of, like he had he his had sunglasses. He had a, uh, in my head, remembering for some reason, I remember seeing like barbed wire tattoos, you know, like that kind of oh, guy. Man. And he's like yelling at this dude talking about, if you don't get her out here, she should be arrested. I'm blah, blah, blah. I don't even know. All I know is dude just hauls off and slaps this kid in the face and then turns around and storms out. That's what they, I don't even know what he was mad about. I'm really curious about what actually happened. Cause yeah, he's yelling about like, she needs to get her ass out of here before I have her locked up for the rest of her life. I'm pretty sure she didn't do anything to him that would have gotten her a life sentence had he called the police. Right. But like we discussed it before the show. I'm the type of person that I can't work in situations like that. Cause if you start yelling at me, I'm going to start yelling back at you. Heaven forbid you reach over and slap me. One of us, it's like a, like back in the wild west, you slap me. We're going out in the street with guns. One of us has to die <laughs> that day. Like both of us are not going to be allowed to live past that day. Like he'd have done that to me. I'd have been over that counter before he hit that door. And I probably would have been the one to go to jail instead of him. <laughs> now, and I asked you if you've ever dealt with situations kind of similar to that. Um, but I, I personally have two. Yeah. Um, one, have I told the tons of fun story on this show? I don't think so. No? Okay. It might have been on Steam Machine that I told it, but I'll tell it anyway. Um, so I was working at a gas station and uh, okay. overnights, and it was like six in the morning. My boss had just come in. She's doing her stuff in the office. I am like ready to go home. And there's like a line of people and there's this guy comes up. Now, right behind him is my friend Mikey. And oh, Mikey, I think you did tell this story. Yeah. yeah the big black guy. Okay. Yeah. So that, so this guy, I almost went over to fucking counter at this dude. Cause he ended up, you know, fuck. I, I, the something with my computer was being slow. Yada, yada, yada. He called me tons of fun. And, uh, I thought Mikey was going to kill him. Wasn't he the one that wanted to buy beer like 15 minutes before? No, no, that uh, was an uh, old, that was a that, different one. That was an old, just an old man who just wanted uh-huh. to buy beer super early in the morning. Like that was. He's like, I, I had a rough life. I need this, need this 930 beer to get through the day. 
Yeah, and I think he was getting the beer and heading to work, too. So, like, God, I don't know what the fuck he was up to. But, but no, this guy was, like, a WWE gay worker, um, which I think is, like, a, I think they're an electrical company. I'm not really even 100% uh, sure. I just see their trucks all over, WWE gay down here. Um, but, yeah, I about went over the counter at that guy, but I didn't want to lose my job over it. Oh, yeah. um, but there was this other time when I was working at Harvey's, and this was my first job. I was a bagger. And uh, this kid tried, I guess they were trying to steal something, right? So my boss catches the kid and is talking to him. And the kid tries to like run away. And my boss is a very big, tall black man. Like, like not buff, but like he hit the gym. You know what I mean? Like he was a big, a big dude. And Anthony grabbed this kid and wrestled him down to the ground and he's holding him and I'm kind of standing over by the safe watching this happen. So this is happening like four feet in front of me. And I see this other kid come running up towards my boss. And I'm thinking, oh, he's about to jump on my boss. So I just stepped in front and kind of just, I'm a, I'm a big dude. Like anybody who's ever seen, I'm a big dude. And I just kind of like hit him with that. Like put your arms forward and kind of give him a chest bump and push out with your arms. Boom. And the kid flew back onto his ass and he hopped up and he came to me and tried to come at me again. And this time I grabbed him by like his collarbone and his shoulder and just threw his ass backwards. And he was like, I'm trying to get to my fucking cousin. I said, I don't care. You're not touching my fucking boss, dude. And like I was I thought I was going to have to scrap with this kid. And then we ended up getting separated and it was this whole thing. Cops got called. Those kids ended up anyway. After it was all over, Anthony just walked up to me and he goes, you have my back. I will forget that. And he was the fucking coolest boss I ever had, dude. Nice. Like that was the like, you know, I cemented myself with him that day. So then I had oh, some yeah. le- I had some leeway <laughs> from then on out. It was nice. Uh, real quick, quick story too. I was sitting there. I had this girl, Lindsay, that worked. And th- at this point, I had moved up to office manager. So I was like in charge of everybody up front. And I'm in the office. I got Lindsay in there. And I'm counting her till. And Lindsay just looks at me and goes, Dalton, has anybody ever told you you count money like a drug dealer? <laughs> and I looked at her like, bitch, you used to buy pot from me. Why would you say that? <laughs> I looked at her and then I look at my boss and he looks at me and Anthony, he's been, you know, he's, he's an OG. So he just kind of looked at me and giggled and went back to doing what he was doing. So I keep counting and Lindsay, I love Lindsay to death. I don't think she'll ever listen to this, but if, if she does, I, I love you to death, girl. You're a good girl, but uh, or a good person, not good girl. <laughs> don't don't screw that the wrong way. She's a good person. Um, but she goes. So, like, what if your till comes up short? Like, you know how like you run my like when I go on lunch break and you run my register or like you have like the uh, service desk person running my register and stuff. Like, you know, if if my till comes up say like fifty dollars short, like how how does that get accounted for? Like, do I get in trouble or does everybody who are on the register gets in trouble? And before she could even finish, I could, before I could answer, Anthony goes, I got this Dalton. We don't come up short. We just don't. So you just don't worry about that. And you just don't come up short and there will be no problem. (laughs) And I'll never forget the look on her face where she was like, almost like she had forgot he was sitting there. It was just, I don't know. It was just beautiful. Do you like how fucking stupid is that though? Like talk about incriminating yourself. So yeah. so what 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 if my drawer is just empty one day? Like there's no <laughs> money in it. Uh, would I get in trouble for that, or would that just be one of those things that happens? It's like, dude, basically what you're asking is if I steal from my till, 
will I get in trouble for it? Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, God, you're not the brightest nail in the box, yo. <laughs> or the sharpest nail, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Um, let's see what you, let's see what we got on for our topics. Oh, man. Lost a comedy legend this week. Oh, yeah. Old Gilbert Godfrey. I'm not even going to try to do his voice. No, nah, there's no way I can do that right now. Uh, yeah. I, he. But, man, what a funny motherfucker. Oh, yeah. My favorite probably Gilbert Godfrey role, and it's kind of a, kind of obscure, was he was the, I guess, the orphanage director in Problem Child 1 and 2. And, like, that was just, that's what made me love Gilbert Godfrey was that role. I don't know why, but I love those movies, and seeing him in it was just absolutely hilarious to me. I actually don't think I've ever seen Problem Child. You need to watch it. It's really good. It was like basically the synopsis of it is there's a kid that you know keeps getting returned to the orphanage because he's a problem kid. And this one guy, what's his name? Um, fuck, he died. He was in the, I think he was in Three's Company. Oh, John um, Ritter. Yeah, John Ritter. He's the dad that adopts him. And he's the type that's like, you know, I'm not going to give up on you. You just need a loving family. And uh, he, uh, so he adopts a kid and the kid's just like a terror. You know, not intentionally, but like, I think it's the second movie. He goes to like this girl's birthday party and the girl is a total see you next Tuesday. (laughs) And so he just like takes all of her birthday presents and like throws them in the pool and like, just does all kinds of crazy stuff to ruin the party because she's being so rude to him. But yeah, like the first movie, he uh he writes a letter to like some serial killer in prison or something, and then they're like pen pals, and then the guy breaks out of prison and goes to find him, thinking he's this like seasoned criminal, and it's just a fucking like eight year old kid. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, uh, do you need to watch them? Those movies are great. Yeah, dude, I'll put them on my list. Um. I think my favorite, and this is just because of the era I grew up in, dude, but I love them as Iago. Oh, yeah. You know, in the Aladdin movies. Um, Although, whenever I think of Gilbert Godfrey these days, I think of that bit that he did in that Bob Saget roast. Oh, yeah. Which Bob Saget's dead now, too. I mean, goddamn. But when he was just like, Bob Saget raped and killed a woman, (laughs) or raped and killed a man, or a girl in 19, whatever it was. Just... And the fact that he just keeps yelling that like over and over is just hammers in the the hilarity of it. It's so oh, good, yeah. and he will definitely be missed. Like, fuck, it sucks because he was on a he was on cameo, and me and my buddy kept looking at it, being like, man, it'd be cool as hell to get like a Gilbert Godfrey cameo, and too little, too late, I guess. Man, I know that pain. I was I was gonna go see Typo Negative once, and my buddy Paul and me ended up having a falling out, and then the next year the lead singer died. Oh, dude, I have a story about something like that too. Um, when Drowning Pool first came out, they put their first, their first and I guess only album out. Um, they were doing uh, what was the big music festival then? Like the metal Ozfest? was it Ozfest? It was either Ozfest or, or Family da- Values or something or Download um, Festival or. But they were at they were on that, and it was in North Carolina. I think it might have been in Charlotte. I was like sixteen. And I begged my mom to let me go. Of course she didn't. Now I understand why she didn't let her 16-year-old go to a weekend-long fucking, like, <laughs> Ozfest. 
But at the time, I was like, oh, you know, I want to go so bad. You know, Drowning Pool is going to be there, all these other. And then, like, a week or two after the show, the lead singer OD'd and died. And I, like, went to my mom. I was like, it's your fault. You wouldn't let me go to the concert. Now he's dead. I'll never get to see him in concert. And I'm, like, just so mad. Like, now I 100% understand. There's no way in hell I would send my kid along <laughs> to a music festival three hours away. But, like, at the time, I was so teenager angry about it. Yeah, after yeah, that, like I think they only released one album with him as the singer, and then yeah. they brought in the singer from the band Soil. Yeah, and, and they did some more albums and stuff because that was when I saw him. Well, I've seen Drowning Pool live a few times, and but it's always been with the, the new singer. And see, my thing is once something like that, ha- especially with the singer, like if you lose a drummer or a guitarist or something, that's a little easier to replace. But like replacing the singer just doesn't work with a. Uh, was it Sublime did it too? They came back with a different singer. Yeah, Sublime with Rome. Yeah, and I was like, it's just not the same. It's not the same band anymore. Yeah, I tell you who brought in a new singer, and he actually sounds quite good. Is Alice in Chains? Yeah, I was gonna say they were one too. Yeah, like their their new just, singer is pretty, it's still it's, just not the same to me though. Well, no, of course not, because everybody's got their own vibe. You know what I mean? It's oh, like. Yeah. Uh, there are bands that I think Iced Earth is around, like is a band that they've been through two or three different singers. Uh, um, not that they've died; they just you know leave for different reasons and stuff. And I think yeah. now the singer of Iced Earth now is Stu Block, who's one of the best fucking vocalists in the world, and he uh, also is in a band called Into Eternity. They're super fucking good. That's one of the he's one of the only guys I know that can go from doing straight death metal growls to doing eighties hair metal air sirens like super high pitch notes like his oh, voice his vocal range is insane. insane speaking of that um we've talked about death clock before have you ever seen the guy who does the vocals for death clock it's brendan small oh yeah brendan small yeah like he's this tiny little fucking dude and it's like dude no way he can make those kind of noises but he pulls it off i loved his other show uh home movies did you ever watch that oh yeah dude squiggle vision fucking fucking great yeah dude home Just movies a great show and dr cats and all, all oh, of yeah. that shit back in the day was great dude yeah oh yeah that's like uh if you watch johnny bravo now if you look closely in the credits one of the people credited is seth mcfarland <laughs> oh nice because that was the first show he worked on or the first big show he worked on was oh, johnny yeah. bravo which random as fuck right i blew uh i blew jen's mind one day we were watching uh sing and I was like, is that such and such? And she'd look it up. And she'd be like, oh, wow, it is. I was like, and that that's such and such, like just naming off the voice actor. She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, because, A, I love cinematography. I want to be a director. I recognize these actors by their voices. And she's like, Seth MacFarlane's in it. Tell, let me see if you can tell me who he is. And of course, as soon as his character speaks, I'm like, that's Seth MacFarlane. Is that he has, <laughs> he can do a hundred different voices, but it's always Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Like it's different pitches and tones and stuff like that, but it's always Seth MacFarlane. It always comes through. And then his oh, yeah. default voice is just Brian. Yep. Like that's just how he talks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which dude, he's a comedy genius. We'll go, we'll uh, use this as a segue to another topic where they just announced the, uh, the Ted movies that he did with Mark Wahlberg they were making a TV series based off of that. And uh, 
I think that's going to be fucking hilarious. It's supposedly going to be a prequel to the first movie. I don't know how far back they're going to go. Like we discussed earlier, I'd love to see like a 16, 17 year old Mark Wahlberg character with Ted just being stoners and getting into shenanigans and stuff. I think that'd be hilarious. Plus, if they do it like that, you don't have to pay Mark Wahlberg prices because you can get some younger guy who looks like Mark Wahlberg who works for a lot less money. Yeah. And make the show and it'd be hilarious. I, uh, I've only ever seen the first Ted movie, but it had one of my favorite moments ever in it at the very end when that annoying ass kid was running at him, just yelling and shrieking and Mark Wahlberg oh, yeah. just socked him in the face. Oh yeah. Like, Do you got to see the second one? It is fucking hilarious. Got a Amanda Seyfried in it. I think is how you pronounce her last name. Dude. It's like, they're talking about uh books and stuff. She says something about F Scott Fitzgerald. And Ted is like, what's the F stand for? It's fuck. Right. She was like, no, it's Francis. He's like, no way. He's like, you wouldn't say F if it was some regular name. It has to be fuck, right? <laughs> it's like, like Ted and uh, Mark Wahlberg are arguing with her about the fact that F that F Scott Fitzgerald's first name is fuck. <laughs> oh, dude, there's, there's a scene in that where uh, minor spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis's character split up. So Mark Wahlberg's living by himself. Ted comes over. He's like, hey, man, can I use your computer? He goes, he's like, oh, my God, there's so much porn in here. And he's like, so they're like, he's like, why? Why do you have so much porn saved to your desktop? He's like, this folder is called Chicks with Dicks. There are no chicks with dicks. Those are dudes. And he's like, oh, God, I have I have a problem. I need help. Like Mark Wahlberg's freaking out. He's like, dude, we got to get rid of this. He's like. Just delete the hard drive. He's like, no, no, we got to bury this in the harbor. And he's like, like they take it out. Well, they take it out of the yard and smash it with hammers. And Ted's like, it's not good enough. We got to bury this in the harbor. It shows them like in scuba gear, like burying the laptop under the bottom of the harbor. Like, dude, it's fucking hilarious, man. That movie is so damn funny. God damn. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, is it on Netflix or anything or? I have no idea. Um, I will. I will plug a website I use though. Um, as I look it up, it's called JustWatch.com. You can go on there, type in the title of something, and it will tell you where it's streaming. If it's somewhere for free, it'll tell you the places you can pay to rent it. So let's see, Ted Two. It is not streaming anywhere for free at the moment. Ah, but it is on every service you can pay for. Like you can rent it for four bucks on Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or you can buy it for twelve to fifteen dollars on pretty much everything. Not streaming anywhere though, unfortunately. I might check the bay. We'll see. See if Mister Bay has it. Um. So I wanted to tell a quick story. Okay. So all right. Did you ever know anybody that got kicked out for stupid reasons? Yeah. 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 Okay, so one of my first bands that ever I ever was in was called Out of Exile, yeah. and my buddy uh, Paul was over one day, and it was me, Paul, and my buddy Dustin. Dustin was on drums, Paul was on bass, I was on guitar and vocals. It was a cool little three piece, right? We were getting pretty good. We were practicing after school, getting stoned. Right. So the uh, one day we're having practice, and we had just fogged out Paul's car with two blunts so we were all feeling real good you know and we're jamming 
And as we're playing, there's a knock on the door. And I just went, come in. Because I'm used to people coming by after school. Uh, and the door opens. Or no, I'm sorry. I think Dustin. Dustin got up and opened the door. Uh, he got from behind the drum set. And I was kind of just playing this riff. And the door opens. And Dustin looks back at me. He's confused. and Because it was this older lady standing there. And me and Dustin look at each other like, who the fuck is this? And we look over at Paul, who has lost all the color in his face. Oh. And he goes, hey, mom. And me and Dustin went, oh, shit. <laughs> She's like, oh, you guys are having band practice, huh? I could hear you playing and singing from outside. Let me hear you guys play something. Sure. So we played through a song. I did no vocals, though, because I didn't want to scream in front of this lady. I knew she was a church lady. Like, I didn't want to. Do- so she's like no i want to hear you sing after we were done she's like that's good but i want to hear you sing so we were like okay and i don't remember what we played but we played something that i could sing with no screaming in it right might have been death tones or something like that and uh we get done playing and she was like wow you guys are really good paul can i talk to you outside for a minute (laughs) so he goes outside and he talks to her and he comes back in he turns the bass amp off and he wraps it wraps everything up he's like i gotta i gotta go guys we're like, all right, man, well, if you know, if you need us, just message us, let us know what's going on. He's like, yeah, no worries, man, no worries. So he leaves. So me and Dustin continue to have some band practice, smoke some more pot, just hanging out. And I drove a Chevy Astro van at this point. Nice. So a nice big fucking van that I used to pack everybody in after school. So I get a call from Paul about three hours later. Hey, man, what are you doing? Oh, me and Dustin are just sitting here playing some Just Cause 2. What's up? Do you uh, think you can come pick me up? Yeah, dude, you want to come crash? Yeah, uh, yeah. Could you could you bring the Astro van? Yeah, of course. So we we ride over there, and me and Dustin are like, "Oh, I wonder what's going on." You know, I wonder if he's got oh, something yeah. he's going to bring with him. Yada yada yada. So we pull up at the end of his driveway. Now his driveway was on a, his house was on a lake, so his driveway was like long and downward slope. Oh, yeah. So we so we see him trudging up. We pull up to the fucking house, and there are like two or three trash bags sitting by the front yard. They're out by the front, right? And we're like, "Oh shit!" Now we look down the driveway. And here comes Paul carrying his guitar and he's got some other stuff slung over his shoulder. And we're like, oh, fuck. I wonder if he got kicked out. And sure as shit, his parents kicked him out for doing drugs. Right. So we went back to my house. And this is this is where this story is going to wrap into my parents being cool as shit. So we were sitting in my room and my mom gets home from work. And I had kind of called her and told her what was going on. Um, And. Oh, I'm sorry. She comes. She got home from work before we went and got Paul. My dad wasn't home yet, so my dad comes home from work, and it's me, Dustin, and Paul. And so my mom comes in the bedroom, and she goes, "So, all right, what's going on?" And she's like, "I want to hear it from Paul." So Paul tells her everything that had happened. I'm not going to, you know, go into rehashing all that. Okay. Um, and my mom goes, "You got kicked out for smoking pot," and Paul went, "Yeah, that's basically the gist of it." My mom went. You can live here. Don't worry about it. You can have that room, which is the room across the across the hall from mine. Yeah. So Paul ends up moving in. And then Dustin was living in this house with a bunch of fucking rednecks. And he had gotten tired of living with all these fucking people. Even though he loves them to death, he had just gotten tired of being over there. They were yeah. the type of people that were doing coke and meth and stuff like that. And Dustin's not into that kind of shit. So Dustin ended up moving in with me. So I had the whole band living here. Nice. All right. And then like before that, my before they moved in my buddy Aaron lived here at one point because his mom wanted him to live here so he would have a reliable way to school so like I've had so many fucking friends with live with me over the years dude it's been it's been a wild ride nice in fact it was a 
I believe last week I told a story about making people jump in my pool naked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was me and Aaron that came up with that when me and him <laughs> were living here. It was fucking wonderful, dude. It was good times, man. I miss those days sometimes. Oh, yeah. That was back before I hate people as much as I do now. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I can't imagine living with roommates now. I feel like it would be a disaster. I'm old and set in my ways. I, I could... I could live with roommates, but it would have to be a very specific few people that I know that like yeah. I've known for years and I know that we can get it. Like me and Dustin have lived together before. I could live with him again. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. now, now, now that he's married with a wife, she probably wouldn't like that. Probably I love, not. I love, I love Janine the Neth, but I'm sure she'd be like, all right, Dalton, it's time for you to leave now. We, we, we want our married, you know, a couple time. Yep. But yeah. Um, there's, there's a handful of people I could do it with, but it's very, it's a very select few. <laughs> Uh, one thing that you had not noted down that I thought was interesting um, is the weird nightmares as a kid that you can remember. Yeah, we were talking about dreams last week, and it made me start thinking about it. Do you have any recurring nightmares from your childhood that you can remember? Uh, I have one. So I think we were talking about how my dreams always happen in the four places, right? So yeah. this was this was before that that started. Um, when I was real young, uh, I got bit by a pit bull on my arm. And luckily, the thing just bit me and let go, but it yeah. fucking hurt. And it's like, so I had this dream, and I can remember this dream to a T. Like, that's how bad it fucking scared me when I was younger. Um, I was in a, like, a, a gym shower room, right? And, like, in a school. Yeah. And I was sitting on a bench, and that dog was in front of me, and he kept trying to bite me. And I was sliding back and forth on the bench, avoiding him biting me. I kept getting splinters in my legs and butt. But I was getting away from the dog biting me. And finally, I went to go slide, and I couldn't slide anymore because I had all the splinters in me. And the dog bit me, and everything went black and then red, and then I was in the room again. And you know the sale, the sales smiley face from Walmart? Like that yeah. That yeah. shows up and puts on sunglasses and says, game over, kid, you're dead. <laughs> and I woke Weird. up. And I can still remember that to this day. Like, it's the strangest fucking memory, but it's there. So I remember I had three recurring nightmares from childhood. Um, weird as fuck, but one of them was the traditional, like, me and a few friends are running from some Jason-esque psycho killer. Like, that would happen from time to time. Um... The other two were the weird ones. There was one where I was with my family at a public swimming pool, but the public swimming pool was full of pigs that would eat people. <laughs> yeah, I waited till you what? took that sip of drink for that. <laughs> yeah, it was full of pigs that ate people. So, like, of course, my parents are like, y'all have to stay out of the water. You can't get in the pool. <laughs> so I'm running around on the side of the pool for some crazy reason. My dream parents were apparently terrible parents who took me to pools full of man-eating pigs and then let me run <laughs> around. So, of course, I slip and fall in the water. And you know how nightmares are. You can't. You try to scream and you can't. You try to fight and you can't. Yeah. It's like I'm screaming, screaming, like trying to get help, but nothing's coming out. My parents are just kind of oblivious that anything has happened and these pigs are swimming towards me and I'd always either get woken up because I'd literally be in my bed screaming at the top of my lungs. My mom would come in and wake me up. The other one was the, Jesus. the house I grew up in. There was uh, the master bedroom had an ensuite with like a big garden tub and all that stuff. So 
I would be in that ensuite. My parents would be in their bed sleeping. And for some reason, there were bats in there. The bats were attacking me. And, like, I'm trying to, like, hit them. But, of course, you know, you have no strength when you're trying to fight off stuff in nightmares. Like, trying to scream to wake them up and I can't make any noise. Like, though, for some reason, those dreams just happen all the time. I'd be really curious what some kind of, like, dream study professional or whatever would say that means. But it's, it's always, like, where those three were my recurring nightmares as a kid. Of course, you always have the, like... You're at school and you're naked dreams and stuff, which I still have from time to time, but I don't care as much about being naked now. So it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's like now it'll be like I'm at my old job in the locker room. Like I'm naked and I don't have any clothes. Like I can't find my locker. I don't have any clothes to put on or something, but I don't care as much now because it's like <laughs> you know, being naked is being naked now. One of the recurring themes that I deal with in, uh, in dreams like when i have dreams at the lake house um the outside of it will be different every now and then because sometimes it's over an ocean sometimes it's a beach house you know what i mean and sometimes it's a lake house um but there was these two two in particular times that i can remember that they were lake houses and they were different outside venues but it was the same house which has always so been so fucking weird to me that it's always the same kind of house um but I remember falling into the lake and there was a bunch of alligators and I didn't have the strength to climb up the side of the, uh, the embankment. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get up it. So the alligators were snapping at me and I was freaking oh, out yeah. and everything. And then, uh, I had a dream where an alligator, it looked like a beach, but it was a lake. And my dog Daisy was on the beach barking at an alligator and I was trying to get her to come away from the alligator. So I was having to, call her she wasn't listening to me so i ran over there and picked her up and ran with her um but while the alligator was chasing me and then i threw the dog up and my dog is not a small dog at all but i huffed her big fat ass up the the stairs to the person that was up there and then i turned around and that gator was right there and snapped at me and i woke up but oh yeah it's fucked up man these fucking recurring weird dreams also when i was younger uh when i was about 19 or 20 uh i kept having every night i would go to sleep and in my dreams, I was in a relationship with my friend Brandy, and she was pregnant. And every night I would go to sleep, she'd be a little more pregnant. Uh, and then, but I never had the dream where she had the baby that I can remember. Like, it was just, she was always pregnant. It was the strangest fucking thing, dude. Yeah, that's a weird one. Very weird. Very, I have some weird-ass dreams. It's probably because I smoke so much pot, but. I, don't I, remember, <laughs> I remember one dream. It only happened once, but it was extremely vivid. When, uh. I was in my early 20s. I worked at a, um auto mechanic shop. So I had a dream one time. This was years and years later that I was in the auto mechanic shop working. The only thing I remember is like me and my cousin was there. We were like talking, bullshitting around. Then I, all of a sudden I noticed he like, his eyes got really wide. He was like looking behind me. I turn around and there's some dude with a gun and just like shoots me. And like when he shoots me, I wake up. And like wake up like full cold sweat, like what the what the fuck just happened? Like, Dude. but it's only ever happened once. But I remember it vividly. Okay, right, here's a question for you about dreams. Have you ever taken a wicked good piss in a dream, and then you wake up and you have to either a piss really really fucking bad, or b have pissed yourself? Matter I- of fact, like <laughs> yesterday morning, I think. I like had a dream like I take a piss 
And I'm kind of like at that point where I'm kind of waking up a little bit, like naturally. Like you said, take a piss in the dream. And as I'm standing at the toilet, I'm like, I got to piss again. And I get ready to start pissing. And I'm kind of like half awake. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to piss really bad in real life. I like jump up and run to the bathroom. So I'm like, dude, if I hadn't stopped myself, I probably would have just pissed all over the place. I love that you just said that, bro. That literally happened to me about two days ago as well. Uh, as, yeah, I just like you fucking you. It's like in the dream. You just you piss and piss and piss. Yeah. And it's like you. It's like, dude, I still really have to go. And it's about that time that your brain's like, oh, you should probably wake up and actually go piss. But dude, let me even, tell you. Oh, go ahead. Even worse um, is probably an embarrassing story for most people. I don't give a shit. Um, I actually had a girl asleep in my bed. And had a fucking sex dream. I woke up as I was fucking nutting in my pants. (laughs) Like rubbing up against her ass. And I'm like, oh shit. Like wake (laughs) up. I'm like, oh fuck. And like she's sound asleep. So I like slink out of the bed. Like go in the bathroom. Fucking take my underwear off. Clean up. I'm like, oh shit. Like that could have been really fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Yeah, I can't say I've ever done that. But I have absolutely taken too many drugs and then gone to sleep and then woke up the next day and have pissed myself because oh. I in the dream I had to pee really bad but my body was too fucked up to wake up and uh yeah yeah don't do drugs kids that's what's that's why yeah. I don't take them anymore <laughs> yeah don't do them they're I'm bad on a pure, pure green diet these days oh man um, so yeah be careful posting those things on Facebook though because they might put you in Facebook jail for it. <laughs> So Jeremy got his first taste of Facebook jail. How does it feel, sir? I think it was the first time. There may have been one other time I got that. But what pissed me off about it is it was for fucking no reason. Like, I posted a meme that was like how to get out of debt. And it was like, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's this book about accepting a terminal illness. Yeah. And like... It shows you all the steps of like the grieving process and stuff. There's a little drawings on it. And the last one is like die. And it's like just a lady laying in a bed, like staring at a window with the sunset or whatever. It just says die. So it's like how to get out of debt. And it has that picture. It just says die at the bottom. Facebook flagged it as a self-harm image. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you can't post this. No, like, dude, it had been up for like a week bunch of my friends had laughed emoji or like commented about how funny it was and yeah facebook's like oh we don't want you to kill yourself so we're banning you for 24 hours <laughs> and it's like first off banning somebody from facebook if they're depressed probably the best thing you could do for them because like that shit is fucking vile um honestly like i find it a little funny that i got banned for that from a company that has literally been in legal trouble for doing an experiment where they took certain people's accounts and only showed them negative stuff for like a month to see if it altered their mental health like they literally you can look this up it's it's well documented facebook went through picked select accounts and they blocked anything positive from being shown on their timeline. So you only saw negative shit. And then they studied the post you would make to see if it had altered your your mental state at all. And it's like, dude, how are you doing shit like this? But then you're banning people for for posting shit you figure is is inducing self-harm. It's like, yeah, they're like, we're the only ones who want to make you kill yourself. You're not allowed to want to kill yourself without our help. Uh, hearing you hearing you talk about all this 
I feel like James Franco and that one meme just smiling at you like first time. <laughs> exactly. Because, <laughs> no, bro, I, I've been banned a lot. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, what pissed me off the most about it is I run my own business. Um, social media is a lot of the how I get the word out about new new inventory coming in and stuff. They banned me from posting stuff on my business page as well. So guess what? Guess who's not getting any more of my advertising money? Because fuck Facebook, fuck Mark Zuckerberg, like fuck Tom from MySpace, all of them. Well, I don't bring Tom into this. And Tom should have stood his ground and put Facebook in the fucking dirt. No, he had to be the good guy. <laughs> you can't win in this life being the good guy. Unless you're Tom Hanks. True. <laughs> the, one, the one exception. <laughs> uh, as far as we know. Um, yeah. yeah. He's probably Dude. done some fucked up stuff, too, that we don't know about. I'm trying to remember what got me my first ban. Probably calling somebody a cunt. I know I got banned on Twitter one day for uh, 48 hours because I called Tommy Laren a cunt. But I stand behind that 110%. Tommy Laren's a cunt. You could fucking <laughs> mark that down next to my gravestone. Yeah, Dalton, here, li- here lies Dalton Suter. Tommy, he thought Tommy Laren was a cunt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the one time that I really got upset, and it's it's strictly algorithm. Like I know that like there's not actual oh, yeah. people that are sitting there like going through reading these shit. Like oh, they'd yeah. have to hire way too many people to do that. But their algorithm definitely needs um to be able to read context and I, I don't know if you know that might just be yeah. a bot a bot thing that's hard for bots to do um because yeah i've gotten flagged for like sharing uh i'll say lewd photography uh like rope bindings st- type things and oh, yeah. you know things like that uh, i've gotten in trouble for sharing memes that push to the limits of uh humor we'll say uh but the one that got me the 30-day ban and you can ask anybody uh who listens to the steam machine podcast specifically my uh my co-host nate because he's been listening to the show back when me and ryan were still doing it um there were more that there was like a handful of times that i had to have ryan go post in the steam machine page on facebook like hey everybody uh, just let you know dalton's in facebook jail again so he can't post anything on the page uh but the the last time they got me i got a 30-day ban and i was in a like a, an adult cartoon style group, um, not like oh, yeah. porn, but like adult animation, Family Guy, South Park, that kind of stuff. And this this person was trying to remember the name of this show that was about like this dude and his boss was like the devil and everybody oh, yeah. in town was weird. And I commented and I said, oh, it's Ugly Americans. Yeah. And I was right. But because of the history, this was like when I was in high school and it got to the point when I would break a fight up, I'd get suspended just because I was near the fight. Yep. right because i'd been in so many fights that they flagged me for saying ugly americans and that that was i was being uh not racist bullying. but you know what i mean bullying hate yeah. speech and i got 30 day a 30 day ban Ugh. and if they 30 day ban my account for some shit i will probably just delete it like, i made it, just, i just made i made a second account I'll under, probably just delete it all together. I'll be like, "All right, Dalton, you're in charge of running the Facebook for the for the podcast because I'm done with Facebook." Well, that was the thing is that I ended up making this second profile and I put it as my name as Dalton Suter, and it banned that one too because it oh. knew that I was doing that. So I made a third one and named it Nile Big Shoots, like Letterkenny. Hey, Big nice. Shoots, you know Nile Big Shoots, and uh, so I ended up giving that page power for my 
podcast page. So I was still able to update it through that. But uh, man, what's such a pain in the ass? If it for bots fucking it, nothing. And yeah. my thing is like I appealed it because I was like, there's nothing wrong with what I posted and basically got a thing that said, oh, because of COVID, we don't have very many people reviewing uh, posts. So we likely won't get to yours. So, so basically telling you like, go fuck yourself. We're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. So. Yes, sir. Got to love it, dog. You got to oh, yeah. love it. <laughs> Elon um, Musk, fuck Twitter. Go buy Facebook from Mark Zuckerberg and then punch him in his dick. <laughs> I'd like to see a boxing match with Elon versus Zuckerberg. That'd be great. Yeah. Celebrity boxing. Uh, something I wanted to recommend really quick. And then uh, I believe we were going to do some song recommendations and then get into the community stuff. Um, so I've had some people asking me about D&D lately, like, oh, yeah. a, like a handful of people. Um, and I wanted to plug this again. I think I've plugged it before. I don't remember which show it was on. But I watched an, uh, a YouTube channel called Outside Xbox. Yeah. And they cover uh, uh, Xbox style stuff, but they also have a D and D series, and it's called Ox Venture, um, O X V E N T U R E, like Ox Venture. And uh, you can go and start the Ox Ventures. Like they have a playlist of all the Ox Venture D and D sessions in order, so you can start at the very first episode where none of them but the DM had experience in D D and D, and you can kind of watch them grow and learn as you watch. Right. So that might be good for beginners to like watch those guys and kind of get instead of trying to jump into something like say critical role where it's like, you know, while you may learn a lot from that, they're also all seasoned D and D players and they're going to be mentioning things that you don't know about. Whereas in the beginning episodes of Ox, Ox venture, like they're asking questions that you yourself would probably ask. And it's just, it might be good for people who, you know, want to learn the rules and things like that. And can I seduce the dragon and have sex with it? That roll me a charisma persuasion check, <laughs> and it's gotta it's gotta be high, sir. Nat twenty, <laughs> Nat twenty, yeah. You uh you fuck that dragon. Enjoy. Have little half Jeremy, half dragon babies like in fucking Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> you give give birth to a bunch of little dragonborns. Yeah, they'd be hu- humanoid dragons. That's, that, yeah, but yeah, I, and then the children just take over the fucking world. It's like a plague <laughs> on the world. But uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend Ox Venture to anybody looking to start their D&D uh, quest. And they're, the episodes, you know, generally like an hour to an hour, like some of them are two hours, some of them are 45 minutes, but they're, they're Speaking good. Speaking of, I think I sent you that little like TikTok video of the guy where he was like, oh yeah, I love to play D&D, but I've just, I just have never uh, had a group to play with. And the guy's like, oh, he's like. Well, I have a group. You can come join us. And he's like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to crowd the group up." He's like, uh, "Oh, we just lost a person, so we're actively trying to fill their spot." He's like, "Well, I don't know, I don't know about the if the DM would want me there." And the guy's like, "I'm the DM. I would love you to be there." He, the guy starts like sweating and shit. He's like, "Well, I, I, I don't know how to play. I've never played it before." He's like, "We love new time. We love first timers. We'll teach you all the rules." And the guy just keeps making excuses <laughs> why he can't play. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't have a lot of time. He's like, oh, we only meet once a month, and everyone has to agree on the time for us to meet. <laughs> Dude, I yeah, think it's, I it's, sent that to you. If not, I'll try to find it. And send I was gonna say that does not ring a bell to me, but that is a uh, that's a that's a very valid thing because there are people who do that for sure. Like, I would love to do it. I just don't know that I would be able to consistently do it. I know it's one of those things where you have to consistently have a couple of hours a week at least. Where everybody can sit down and and play through it. 
Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be weekly. It can be bi-weekly, monthly. True. You know, or whatever, I guess yeah, I guess what I meant to say was a couple hours a month to to sit down and have. And as you know, trying to get five adults to be on the same schedule is an absolute nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like in the in the uh, the Steam Machine Discord. I'm always mentioning that I'd like to do a game night and everything, but like half the Discord lives in other parts of the world, so it's very hard yeah. to uh, yeah. get all the times together. Speaking but, uh, of, you really need to start streaming again. Oh, I would I, I would jump in and stream with you. So I know, man. I know. I uh, I've been thinking about maybe streaming some universe mode in 2K22. Nice. Talk to the chat while loading screens are happening because loading screens are. They're a bit long, even on the SSD. Even on the SSD, they're pretty long. Uh, but I don't, I don't mind. You know what I mean? It's like loading. Oh, I'll yeah. check my phone during loading screens and shit. Like it, it's whatever to me. Speaking of, I've been playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West on PS5, which the loads are almost instantaneous. I don't think there's a load time on that more than three or four seconds. I would say. Um, oh yeah. I went back to, I told you I started playing Biomutant, but I'm playing it at my store, so I'm on a PS4 Slim, and like some of the load times are just like SSDs have ruined me because I'm like, God damn, will you hurry up? Speaking of, I know we kind of had a little tiff about it because you, you enjoyed Biomutant yeah. uh, when you played it. Now, you played it on PC, so I'm pretty, pretty sure your graphics were a little bit better than the PS4 Slim. To me, when I fired oh, yeah, it up, yeah, yeah. the first thing I thought was like, this looks really bad. This looks like PS3 era gameplay graphics. Then, like, it starts off a little weird. Like, just felt very uninspired when it started. Like, I'm about three hours in. Um, and, like, it's getting better. I really like the combat. The combat's really smooth and it's fun to do the combos and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact that when you have a combo, like, it'll tell you the last button to hit to do the combo on the screen. It'll be like, oh, a drunken ant, press triangle. So I hit that, and then he finishes the combo. Like, so yeah, the combat's great. The only thing I wish is the the gun aiming was a little bit easier. Like, the gun aiming on console is kind of all over the place. But, I mean, it's, it's fun. I'm going to play it for a while. But, yeah, like, it's it could you could tell they put a lot of effort into it, but there's so much stuff they could have done just a little bit better to make it a better game overall. Oh yeah. And I don't disagree with that, but like what, what I was getting at was like the combat was fun and stuff. And yeah, I played it on PC and it looked fucking yeah. tremendous on PC oh, yeah. um, with you know the graphics card that I have and everything. Um, I didn't beat it because unfortunately uh, that game got revoked from my library because I had gotten that from a key selling site. Uh, and apparently that key was not any good uh and it, uh, i got a message from steam that was like hey if you got this from a third party place uh sorry but this key was you know, not good so we no they they're they, yeah they basically say yeah you can ask them for a refund if you want and i did um because i had gotten it through the site like they did a giveaway uh a type thing and i won the the game not a giveaway but uh i had accumulated these points for a random yeah. box open and yeah. i got i got the uh Biomutant. So I ended up messaging their support and they gave me another thing to open one of those boxes again instead of just uh-huh. giving me another key for Biomutant. And I ended up pulling Risk of Rain too. So I don't have Biomutant anymore. Uh-huh. But I did enjoy my time with it when I did play it. But I only played four or five hours of it. 
I have to imagine with how long it's been out and how badly it was received when it came out, the code has to be cheap now. It might be worth going back and picking up and trying some more. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I said, it didn't blow me away, but I definitely like, I thought it was really good combat. Like it was very fluid. Yeah. The combat's really, really good. in it. Yeah. But yeah, it's not something like I have to sit down and play. Like matter of fact, I'll play it for about an hour and I'll be like, I'm tired of this. I want to turn this off. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to play through it and see how far I can get before I just can't like get bored, either get bored with it and just say, I don't care about finishing the story or I finish it either way. Um, yeah, the crafting in it is kind of not good. Like, I feel like the crafting system, they could have done a lot better. But it's, it's all in all, it's not a terrible game. So Yeah. Room to improve, though. Uh, and I don't I don't remember what studio did it. I don't know if it was their first venture or what. It was, no, it was, uh, well, at least published it was THQ Nordic. So they're oh, fairly. Yeah. But isn't, is, am I wrong in thinking THQ is gone now? Uh, I think THU Nordic's still around because they did the uh, Kingdoms of Amalory Reckoning, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm I think thinking that... of Ukes. Uh, Is Ukes still around? I know uh, they stopped doing the WWE games. No, I don't. I think Ukes got cannibalized in some you know, big deal. Because I know they were doing the WWE games up to they did 19 and then they were like, we're not doing it anymore. And so that's what happened with the fiasco with 20 was WWE or 2K or whoever trying to make their own game with no engine and it just shit the bed hardcore. So as THQ Nordic published it, it was Experiment 101 were the developers. Yeah, see, I've I never even know. heard of them. Yeah, I don't know if they, it's a company, a studio in Stockholm. Speedy. Just looking them up on Google. Um, I don't know if they've done anything else. Their website is very, like, sort of wordpress almost <laughs> like it's it's very basic for a game i know how that goes company. and yeah it looks like all they have on their thing is about biomutants that may have been their only game okay um, so like for, for, not, for a first it's outing not, it's not terrible oh yeah it's not going to be on a game of the year list but it's not superman 64 either <laughs> like it's it's an r8 game to play I feel like probably what happened is it came out to such like critic disdain. Like I remember people just shitting on that game when it came out. And what probably happened is with them being a newer developer, THQ Nordic probably pulled the plug on them. Was like, look, we're not putting any more money into this because people don't like it. So they probably didn't do a lot of work on it after the fact. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, because I think that there's a good base there. They could have made something really good out of it. So, yeah, for sure. Well, maybe one day we'll get Biomutant 2 and it'll be badass. So if anybody who works for Experiment 101 wants to come on the podcast, we'll talk about Biomutant. Yeah. Um, and let's give a... We each wanted to give a song recommendation. Um, yeah. So let's do that before we hop into the community questions. I will do my best to remember to put these in the show notes. Yeah. Um, do you have I one need, on mine? Yeah, um, so I want to start doing this every week. Well, basically, each of us will pick a song to recommend for the week. Um, if you want to go listen to it, sort of something to add the community engagement with. Um, so my song that I picked this week is, uh, I don't remember if it was a, a pop, like a radio hit or not. It's Mexico by Cake. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. It's a really, 
sort of slow tempo song about a guy meeting a girl. Like he's headed to Mexico and I think he like meets a girl on the way. Um, really good song though. I really enjoy listening to it. So Word up. I've heard of cake, but I've never listened to them much. So I'll check that out. You said it's called Mexico. Cake. Yeah. Cake was okay. popular in the like late nineties, early two thousands. They had a, uh, what's the song about the, the guy at the racetrack. Um, the distance is what it's called. Oh, he's going the distance. Yep. He's going for speed. That's cake. Yep. That's cake. Uh. Cake also wrote a song called Italian leather sofa, which I love. And did you ever watch Mission Hill? No. Okay. It was the uh, the theme song for Mission Hill. They used the, I don't, you know, I don't know music. Like a part of the instrumental they used as uh, the theme song for Mission Hill. You should watch Mission Hill. The show is absolutely amazing. But yeah, Cake <laughs> did uh, The Distance. They did Short Skirt, Long Jacket. I want a girl with a short skirt and a long jacket yeah i have heard that um i love that band i think they're great i'd love to see them in concert but i follow them on facebook and all they do is post political shit so i don't even know if they're actually still a band anymore (laughs) but uh yeah mexico by cake off the album prolonging the magic really good um so what about you what's your song recommendation so i'm gonna start this one off with a bang uh or this, you know, this new segment. Um, there's a band I listen to called Mechina, uh, M-E-C-H-I-N-A, and they are I call them atmospheric metal because they don't tour. They focus strictly on making their albums as good as possible, right? Oh yeah. And they're all of their albums and their singles that they've released and stuff tell one long epic space war story. Oh, nice. And. I'm going to recommend the song that starts the story, which is called The World We Lost. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and warn everyone now. This song is 18 minutes long. <laughs> okay. And the first about two and a half minutes is um, ambience, people talking. It builds the story of what you're about to hear about in this song. Oh, yeah. Um, it is incredibly fucking good. If anyone ever asks me where are the best lyrics... I'm always going to tell them that more often than not, they're in metal. Not all metal. Not by all means, not all metal. But there are some metal bands out there where they're fucking people who write their lyrics, whether it be the guitar player, the singer, the bass player. They are fucking good at storytelling and what they do. And Mechina is just incredible. Um, not all of their albums... And not all of their songs have growling. This particular song does have some harsh vocals. So I recommend yeah. I'll, I'll share a lyric video because I, I think that reading the lyrics as he's doing them and you're being able to fully understand what they're talking about while he's while they're doing the song. It is fucking good, dude. It is so it'll grab you and it'll just make you okay. be like, fuck, I want to hear the rest of his story. And then you're hooked. And then you got to listen to more Mechina. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it's good shit. That's like, uh, who is it? I think it's Tool. Tool or Disturbed, I feel like I remember, have a song that's, uh, it's, it's in German and it sounds insane, but it's actually like a chocolate chip cookie recipe. Oh, 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 that is Tool and it's I called so. Die Erde von Satan. Yeah. And it is a recipe for deviled eggs. Oh, there you go. And yeah, it just sounds like the most hardcore, like 
just satanic German shit. And yeah, it's just a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a recipe for really good deviled eggs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that uh, shit always be- cracks me The up. beauty that is the German language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, real quick. Speaking of, uh, Rammstein's been putting out some u- new music videos, and they are some works oh, nice. of art. Good shit, dude. Their music videos have gotten wild over the past you know, oh, yeah. five years. I miss um, music videos. Like, that used to be huge part of life like in the 90s especially i remember watching mtv and vh1 and all that and just watching music videos um do you remember i think it was mtv had a thing where like celebrities would watch the music video and like comment on it yeah um the only one i remember is mankind mick foley did a a corn video and the whole time he's watching the corn video, he's like, I don't get it. There's no corn in this entire video. He's like, where's the corn? <laughs> and then, like, there's a scene in the video where there's, like, a kid in the lunch line. And, like, he turns with his tray. And, like, they pause the video for a second. He's like, oh, there it is. There's some corn. And there's just, like, a pile of corn on the kid's tray. <laughs> like, dude, that was the funniest shit to me. Jesus. <laughs> you should, next time you see Mick Foley, you should be like, hey, man, if I give you some corn, will you give me another handshake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought some corn for you. Can I have another handshake? But if I if I remember as well, uh, I'll try to in the show notes. I'll put the uh, the Rammstein video for Zeit because that video is fucking art. Like literally, that video awesome. is art. And speaking of art, that rolls into our community questions. And our first question from um, the the ever questioning Jeff. He asks us, "Do we think a video game can be art?" My response to this is not only can it, I say video games are art forms the same way that a music video, a TV show, a movie, they're all forms of art. They're all something that somebody took a blank canvas of sorts and created something from nothing. To me, that is all art. If you can create something from nothing, that is art. I, yeah. And I, I beg anyone to go play the Witcher three and once it's done and you're sitting there having taken in that story and that world, tell me that shit's not art. Yep. You know what I mean? Like just, I, I dare you. And then you got games like Okami, like, yeah. you know, that games that do really w- weird things. Hell on the steam machine podcast, we played a game called dragon, a game about a dragon. Was the game good? No, not really. But was the game's art style amazing? Yeah. The whole thing was done in crayon. It was, fucking cool dude but the yeah. game itself just was a little lackluster but like the art style made us like that game more than we probably should have we didn't like oh, it yeah. much believe me we didn't like it much but the art style saved what little it had because it was just so pretty looking and my thing about it is if you look at especially next gen if you're playing on high-end pc you're playing on a ps5 a series x stop in a game and look at the environment around you like somebody had to create all of that and now understand, like I know Unreal Engine 5 has a scanning tool where you can like scan uh, stones and stuff and insert them into the game. But still, somebody has to create that world. Just real quick, speaking of Unreal Engine 5, in the Steam Machine Discord, did you see the screenshots that Dylan uh, DC Smokedown shared where someone took Riverwood from Skyrim and put it into Unreal Engine 5? No, I saw you guys posting. I'm going to have to look at it real quick. Um, oh, holy fuck, bro. See. Unreal Engine 5 is wild. Unreal Engine 5 is going to be 
astronomical. Uh, what's like amazing is that shit is not only for video games. They make movies and shit in Unreal Engine. Oh, yeah. Which is just yeah. incredible to me. But the, I mean, I, I play modded Skyrim, right? So, like, my Skyrim looks way better than normal Skyrim should. But it oh, yeah. pales in comparison to the Unreal Engine pictures. Um, the Unreal Engine oh, 5 yeah. pictures, like, they're just fucking incredible. And I, I wish I could remember which channel he posted it in. Was it was general yeah, or screenshots? I'm looking for it. I don't see it. Um, um, but there's, oh, there it is. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, the Unreal Engine 5 is going to be apps. Like, did you play the, uh, the Matrix demo that they put out that was basically an Unreal 5 tech demo? I don't have a PS5, so no, I haven't. Well, they put it on Xbox too, and it may be available on PC. At, at the very least, you can go on, uh, YouTube and there's hundreds of people oh, I've, sharing. I've watched it up. Yeah. Like that whole thing start to finish was unreal five engine CG. Like at the beginning, you're like, Oh, look, they're filming Keanu Reeves. It's like, no, that's all unreal five. Like oh, I thought, I thought it was real Keanu Reeves until he looks in the mirror. And then when it looked in the no, mirror, I, think, I think the whole, my understanding was the whole thing was unreal five. Oh, that shit's wild. Like, it's fucking insanity. How, how good thing this has got. And you think that's now imagine what we're looking forward to in the next 20 years. Cause think about 20 years ago, what tech we had in 2002 versus now. Now we'll say, especially with graphical fidelity, we're going to reach a point of diminishing returns where it can only get so good. Yeah. Personally, I kind of want, did you watch the movie gamer with Gerard Butler? No. That's I a know pretty that, I cool think that's, movie too. That's the one where the kid controls him. Yeah, basically it's like a VR setup, basically, but you're actually controlling a real person. They basically take life prisoners, put them into a Call of Duty style battle royale. You're controlling an actual person. <laughs> it's a little unethical that you're out here getting these motherfuckers killed, but like that shit would be really cool. You know, yeah, I think eventually it's going to move from graphical fidelity to frame rate. Oh yeah and loading speeds and general size of the worlds. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Like, I'm not going to say that eventually we're going to get like an unreal five looking game with the size of no man's sky. Yeah. I mean, that might happen, you know, eventually probably after we're dead, but, um, these, these fucking, you know, these games that are coming out now are just, they're incredible. And, it's going to get better and better. But like you said, eventually it's going to be so good that it's our eyes aren't going to see the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it makes me laugh too. Cause now what does everybody talk about? They want the most realistic and best looking NPCs and stuff in games. Oh, yeah. What, but what did everyone freak out about when polar express came out? That they yeah. looked too much like humans, but there was just something yeah. off about them. It was uncanny Valley. Yeah. And when is that going to loop back around and start happening again? My thing is, uh, did you play Detroit become human? I have not played that yet, no. That game's amazing. And there's a girl, I think her name is Chloe. She's on the menu. And like it looks almost like it's an actual person standing, like it's being filmed. Um, there's also a, I'll have to try to remember to put it in the uh, group. There's a video of a, it's like a Japanese schoolgirl, but it's 100% CG, but it's like, I think a billion pixels or something like that. And it looks like real life. And it's all computer generated. But the thing about that is that's something they worked on and it's just a little short video. As far as yeah. making that into actually a movie or a 
video game or something would be such an undertaking that a lot of these studios are like, oh, let's not do that much. Let's spend the money elsewhere. Yeah. And I mean, as, as far as games that I've played recently, um, the best looking game that I've played uh, for the podcast, like period, has been Control. Yeah, like I that game control looked amazing on fucking max graphics with ray tracing turned on and DLSS that beautiful magic oh, that yeah. NVIDIA created run that so I'm getting 60 frames a second and ray tracing oh man oh, yeah. just chef's kiss Mwah. beautiful dude I love like I do not play games in performance mode I play games in uh, what's the other the fidelity mode Fidelity, I guess. I, was, I thought it was a different word they used. I, I know performance I, is a lower graphical fidelity and a higher frame rate. I will take a solid 30 frames per second because I don't notice that much difference. My Twitch reflexes aren't that great, but I want the game to look as close to real life as possible. So, Word up. Now, see, I'm all about that 60 frames a second, man. See, like, like, I'll, take, I'll take 4K ray tracing over 60 frames per second i want it to look as good as possible i don't really give a shit how it performs like as long as it's not literally stuttering and staggering and stuff i'm fine well uh let's see what what, what we got next uh okay this one's gonna be a little hard for me because i don't know the difference between these two brands really that well jeff asked favorite little debbie and hostess snacks so little debbie as i've said uh week or two ago on the show swiss oh, cake goddamn. rolls oh god dalton, dalton recently tried the frozen swiss cake rolls i told him about and i think he oh. might have ejaculated when he did it bro i ate an entire box i'm telling you they're fucking like. amazing frozen <laughs> like something about freezing them just they're oh my uh, god it's so good they were just as good as those little mini eclairs like freezing the little mini eclairs and eating those oh, like, yeah. that, that cold cream is just oh yep. so good oh yeah so definitely, if you haven't tried it, put some Little Debbie Swiss cake rolls in the freezer and chow down on them. When I was a kid, I would take them. It's funny. I would peel the like chocolate outer layer off and eat that so that you had like the chocolate cake and the cream. And then I would actually take it and unroll it and like lick all the cream out of it and then eat the cake. It was the weirdest shit. But, uh, you know, when we're <laughs> kids, you do weird shit with your food. So. Yeah. Now yeah, it's like to, I don't have the patience for that. I just eat the shit out of it. I used to eat the rim around Reese's. Oh yeah. And and then eat the center. Yeah, so I, I feel you, man. This is the weird the weird shit we do as a kid. Yeah, this the Swiss rolls, fantastic. Um is it little Debbie that makes the oatmeal cookie yes, cakes? Oatmeal things? cream pies, yeah. Yeah, those. Uh Love those, those are one of my favorites. Um Hostess though. Like hostess when I think does of hostess, like Twinkies and cupcakes and for me, Hostess is the zingers. Zingers are my favorite hostess. It's the Twinkies with like the yellow frosting on top of them. See, I'm not into those, man. Uh, I, I love those. Does, does hostess do the zebra cakes or is that Little Debbie? No, that's Little Debbie too. F- Little fuck. Debbie does most of the the, the good shit. Absolute banger. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the banger I, snack cakes. I think hostess, like when I think of them, I think of powdered donuts and stuff because I think that they have. Yeah, they do the powdered cake, donuts. Cake donuts. Okay, then I'll give them that. So. Let's see. Uh, I've got something pulled up on Google. So they've got like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they do uh, ding-dongs, ho-hos, yeah. which are the knock. Dude, ho-hos are gross. Swiss cake rolls is where it's at. 
snowballs. Um, <laughs> snowballs make me think of a uh, zombie land. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the flavor. Uh, it's the texture. They do the zingers, which, like I said, I absolutely love zingers. Um, cupcakes, Twinkies. Um, the, the cupcakes aren't bad. Uh, I've never been big on them. They do the like the little powdered donuts. Um, that'd be, probably be my second from Hostess. Yeah, that would be um, my yeah, one those, from Hostess is the powdered those, donuts, man. The zingers, the vanilla zingers with the yellow icing on top. My grandmother in Virginia always had them. So when we were kids, I'd always go up there and I'd get like two or three of them out and eat them. I tell you, like Twinkies were weird for me growing up because A, because I was a fat kid, people always made jokes about me loving Twinkies. And like the funny thing was I didn't like Twinkies. Like they taste weird to me. Like there's this weird Uh, thing they do to my tongue. They almost taste spicy to me. Like I don't know if there's something in it that my tongue is uh, not like like you know that I'm like allergic to or something, but like uh, it's, they're just not good to me. I remember seeing a meme about that where a kid was like, "Don't you love when you eat a strawberry and it makes your lips all tingly?" And then he like updated underneath it. He's like, "Update turns out I'm allergic to strawberries." <laughs> <laughs> like he's eating strawberries his whole life, thinking that they were gave you this little tingly sensation in your mouth. <laughs> like, no, no, you're allergic to those. You shouldn't be eating. The food allergies makes me think of a uh, Louis C.K. where he had a bit where he was like, "If a kid has a peanut allergy, then absolutely, one hundred percent, we should keep the kid away from anything that could possibly harm him, like peanut sandwiches, and he should be able to eat food that doesn't isn't contaminated by that type of thing." Yeah. But maybe if you're a big enough pussy that eating a peanut can kill you, then you should be taken out of the scene pool in the first place. <laughs> it's like, like, what? Uh, like, and that was just one part of this whole bit about, but maybe. Like, oh, it was yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. Something funny, like, I would eat Twinkies as a weird as a kid, too. I, I usually would just eat them, but every now and then you'd, like, take the bottom and crack it open. Just, like, uh, lick all the cream out of the inside <laughs> and then eat the cake. So, yeah, ladies, I mean, been training my whole life crack it open and get that cream out i actually got to use a a meme as a joke one time in real life i'm laying next to my ex-girlfriend savannah in bed and she was like you are so fucking good at eating pussy where did you learn that and i went i ate a lot of snack packs without spoons (laughs) (laughs) and she just like smacked me on the side of the head (laughs) i was like i don't know i'm a fat kid it's what we do (laughs) <coughs> All right, so this one was from <coughs> from Jeff, but it's a question for you, not me. Yes, so I'll let you read it out, and then I'll answer it. <coughs> Jeremy, if you were to take Dalton to an F1 race, which one would provide the best experience in both environment and excitement? Now, again, I know nothing about F1, so keep that in mind. So there's a few few answers to this question I could give. Um, mine, the one I want to go to myself is I've always wanted to go to Monaco. Monaco is like the heritage race for F1. They've been doing it for 60, 70 years. Um, it's in Monaco, in Monte Carlo. So they actually close off the streets of Monte Carlo and have a track that they build out of the streets. Um, that being said, a friend of mine went several years ago or was looking at going. Tickets were $1,800 a piece. Damn! Now I guarantee you they're probably 2500 or better because the sport has gotten so much more popular that the price has just gone through the roof. Um, as far as environment and excitement, um, the U.S. races are 
getting really big. So they've always raced in Austin, Texas at Circuit of the Americas. There's always like, like last year was a spectacle of all these celebrities were there and it was this whole big, like Hollywood type thing. So that'd probably be pretty cool. This year they're racing in Miami in like a couple of weeks. That's going to be epic because, you know, everything in Miami is through the roof. Next year they're adding Las Vegas to the, to the calendar. And it's actually a street circuit that the main street will be the Las Vegas strip. That would Damn. be cool as shit to see, I think. Um, like I said, all these races are expensive as hell. Um, my friends are going to shout out to Christina and Adam. They're going to Miami this year. She's telling me their hotel was like 1200 bucks because wow. the race is there. Everything's expensive as shit. Yeah. Um, it's like when WrestleMania comes to Orlando and it's like, you think Orlando's expensive now? Shit. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else I would say, uh, to me, Monza is really cool. It's a, it's the Italian, it's the heritage Italian track. It's one of the fastest tracks on the circuit. Um, so I think that'd be kind of cool to go as a Ferrari fan to be just in a, in a sea of Ferrari fans all screaming and wearing red. Um, so those would, would be probably be cool. mine. Yeah. Like, I'd say any of the American races I think will be super exciting. Um, Monaco is just, it's the heritage. It's like a pilgrimage for F1 fans. You got to go to Monaco once. Um, like Monza is one of my favorites. Like I said, Canada is a cool one. Um, they race in Montreal, I think. Um, that'd be a really cool one. One of my favorite races of all time was 2011, the Canadian Grand Prix. It's actually why I'm a Jensen Button fan. He, the race got monsoon rain to the point that they red flagged it for like an hour. Nobody raced. Jensen Button got like two, two flat tires. I think he got in an accident, still came from the back to win the race. It was just the most amazing thing to see. Like if you get a chance, you want to just check out an F1 race, go on YouTube, look up to 2011 Canadian Grand Prix. It's on F1's YouTube channel, so it's like the official television broadcast of it. It's just such an amazing race to watch. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, I guess I that'd like be my answer. Oh yeah, Australia. They race in uh Melbourne. That seems like a really cool race to go to. But you know, Australia. You're. We'll talk about Adam. You know, he's twelve hours ahead of us. It's halfway around the world. It's funny. It's actually, actually. I actually think he's fifteen hours ahead of us. Like I maybe feel like where, where he's at in Australia. Maybe if he's on the East Coast, possibly so, because I'm thinking of uh, the West Coast, uh, where I have friends in, that were in Perth. They're 12 hours ahead of us. So yeah, if he's closer to the East Coast, he's even further ahead. Oh, man. Real quick. Uh, I saw a site the other day. It was on this, like these little videos that I see on Facebook where the guy's like, cool websites to check out. Oh, yeah. I, have to, I have to find it again and remember the name of the website. But it was where... He was talking about basically that like when you look at a map of the world, it doesn't accurately show how big each continent and stuff is. Oh, yeah. yep. So if you he took like I think he took the United States and he dragged it over by Africa. Yeah. And it was like, dude, our country is fucking small compared to Africa. Oh yeah. But you would never guess that on the map. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's the same thing with Australia. Dude, Australia is fucking huge. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Australia is gigantic. Like there's a farm in the middle of Australia that's like over a million acres. That's insane. Like it's, just, it's fucking huge. That's insane. I, I would love to go there. I'd love to go visit I, Adam. I want to go so bad. Um, 
yeah, my friends, uh, like I said, they're in Perth. It's funny because I actually looked up a thing online. It was like, I forget what the website was, but if you dug straight down from where you live, it would show you where you'd come out at the other side. And Perth is the closest populated city to where if I dug straight through the earth, I'd come out in Perth, basically. It'd be the closest humans. And I was like, that's cool as fuck. Because I have friends who are literally on the other side of the planet from where I live. I just have this sneaking suspicion that my luck, I would dig straight through the earth and then end up in the ocean and get flooded. My water hole would just fill with water. Come on, Don. You know if you dig through the earth, you're just going to fall out into space because the earth is flat. There's nothing underneath us. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Okay. Speaking of space, if you could go into space, what would you do and where would you go? I'm sorry. If you could go into space, would you? And where would you go and what would you do? And Cody asked this question. I just have to commend us. Our segues have been on point this week. (laughs) We're doing good with this. We're (laughs) professionals. Um, I would absolutely go to space. If they told me I could go to space, I would go today. Um, I would die probably because I have no training (laughs) and very out of shape. But uh, if I could go to space, I think it'd be cool to go colonize Mars. Mostly because, you know, Earth kind of sucks now and the people here are shitty and I kind of want to go somewhere else where they're not at. Um, yeah, I think going going to Mars and colonizing would be kind of cool. Or, you know, take a quick trip up Uranus. <laughs> I I would go to space, absolutely. Um, where I would go, I'd probably go check out the space station and see what's going really on with cool. that thing. But... But if we're talking about we can do anything we want, um, I would probably go into space and do the no man's sky route of I would just warp from galaxy to galaxy checking out planets, dude. That, just flying down, looking around. That makes me think of, uh, do you know the time, of course, time travel paradox. That's not really what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know if you know of the time travel paradox, but I've studied this shit. Like, I love this kind of stuff. But did you know the reason time machines don't work or will never work is it would have to be a time and space machine. It would have to be basically a space time machine because say if you got in a time machine where you are now and you went back in time, the earth would not be in the same place it was when you left. So your time machine would come out in empty space and you'd basically just die. Yeah, that's true. That's something I've always thought was really cool. Uh, Again, if you try to do that, you would have to have a space-time machine because it would not only have to move you through time, have to move you through space to where you would be back in the correct place on Earth. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but but most humans are far too stupid to figure that out. So they would just be a bunch of time capsules floating in space with corpses in them. But I mean, I don't know, man. I just think it would be really cool to like go into space and like, oh yeah, you know, meet a Martian. And, like, be the first person to ever meet a Martian and fuck it. Oh, so you're going to William Shatner that shit? (laughs) And then they'd be looking at me and it'd just be like, there he goes. Homeboy fucked the Martian once. (laughs) You're walking your little half-green kid to school. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't take credit for that bit. That's a a bit from Clerks 2 
Or Jay and Silent Bob are just having a conversation and Jay's like, I want to be the first person who goes into space and meets a new alien life form. And fucks it. Fucks it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Kana has a question. Where is a good start to get back into wrestling for someone that has not watched it since the early to mid-90s? AEW or WWE? And Dalton and I kind of have opposing views on WWE versus AEW. Um, I, well, you might be surprised by where my answer is going to go. So go ahead. I've always said it's kind of hard to just jump in because you're going to be in the middle of storylines. You're not really going to know what's going on. Um, I've always said big events like WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble specifically for me um, are good jumping off points because those are usually where storylines are concluding or beginning. So absolutely, that'd be a good spot to jump in because then you can start watching and you're going to kind of either you're going to jump in at the tail end of something and it's going to dissolve or you're going to jump in at the height of a few because you're going to have, you know, I'm throwing names into the ether like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar fight for the title. And then, you know, somebody Cody Rhodes, I'll say, comes out, hits one of them with a chair, and then boom, you've got this new rivalry that's going to start up Monday yep. night. Um, so that that would be a good spot to start. Like I said, I prefer AEW over WWE purely for the fact that I think Vince McMahon's a piece of shit. I don't want to support him. But at the same time, like I don't think either one of them are necessarily bad purely from a sports entertainment viewpoint. Um, WWE kind of got really shitty for a while, but I think now that AEW has built the momentum they've built, WWE is responding in kind and their stories and their matches are starting to get a lot better from what I've seen, just like watching it at the gym while I'm on the treadmill or seeing, you know, videos on YouTube, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let me try to break this down in a couple different ways. If you were a fan of uh, like WWE, WCW stuff back in the day, then I'm going to recommend watching WWE. Uh, If you're a fan of things that you see in clips from like indie wrestlers and stuff, then I recommend AEW. Uh, Now, that's that aspect. And another aspect, I also look at it very much like WWF, WCW back in the day because AEW's mid-card is really fucking good, but I think that their main event stuff is very much lacking, in my opinion, whereas WWE usually has a kind of weak mid-card, but they've been killing it in the main event stuff lately. Yeah, I could, I could agree with that. So... It's almost like, what are you looking for? Do you want some like high-flying, exciting action? Then you're probably going to want to watch AEW. If you want really solid wrestling matches with good storytelling, and and like you said, you know, uh, uh, you might be able to pick it up at a pay-per-view. I go WWE. It's also in the world of streaming. It's a lot e- like WWE is more accessible because almost everyone has a Peacock uh, subscription, true, yeah. and if you don't, Peacock's pretty cheap. And you can stream WWE and you can literally go into the WWE section and watch anything they've done. Yeah. Any pay-per-view back to when the you know the first WrestleMania onward and all these you can even watch mid south shit from the eighties that they just they own the rights to. Yeah. Whereas at AEW, you have to catch that shit live on TV or 
watch their YouTube stuff, which is usually clips. They might put some actual matches up there because I know they have an AEW Dark, I think it's called. It's a YouTube show. But I'm always I, I'm a WWE guy through and through. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean I don't like AEW. I think AEW, if they step up their main event game a little bit, they're going to be a viable like threat. But as of right now, like if you were to put AEW's champion, uh, like okay, if you stood I'm trying to, how do I word this without offending wrestling fans? If you were to stand Roman Reigns next to Adam Page, who I believe is the champion at AEW, I think so, and, yeah. and look at these two and be like, who would win in a fight? Uh, Roman Reigns. All Everyone is going to say fucking Roman Reigns would beat the shit out of that dude, and that's no offense to Adam Page, but it's just like WWE. There's just they have that that thing where they have that aura where like they know how to build people, whereas AEW is very much like, hey, we got this guy on in the Indies. Look what he can do. We're gonna book him and let him do whatever. So I don't know, but <laughs> AEW is also still very young. And to build on your point, I will say WWE does have a lot more of the like showcase talent, the main event talent. Whereas AEW, anybody they build up to that level, Vince McMahon has the money. He kind of just snakes them away. Like who was it? Cody Rose that recently went back to WWE. Yeah, but he's, he's been the only one so far. Everyone else has been going from WWE to AEW, which like he even said, like, I remember him being in AEW talking about, you know, fuck Vince McMahon. I'll never go back to WWE, blah, blah, blah. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, when a guy walks up to you with a goddamn briefcase full of cash and is like, hey, you know, come work for me once a month and I'll pay you this much money, it's hard to say no to that. But yeah, I'll yeah. say like AEW, I'll very much agree with you that AEW, if you liked WCW in the 90s and early 2000s, you'll like AEW. If you liked WWF in the 90s and 2000s, you'll like WWE now. Like they're it's pretty much that same rivalry has built back up. Yeah. And I would almost recommend doing what I used to do back in the day, which was watch the first two matches of WCW and then switch over to WWF. Cause I wanted yeah. to see the cruiserweight match open up WCW and AEW usually kicks off with a bang, but then it kind of right. just, it falters off. Now this shit between in on AEW between uh Wardlow and MJF tremendous, tremendous. Like they're they're really building that right, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, my my votes WWE. And I will say my my experience with wrestling ended before Kenny Omega and CM Punk, so they're not household names for me. I don't really care that much about watching them. Like the thing that got me into AEW was Sting Sting and Jim Ross. They were yeah. icons in, in my day of watching wrestling. And when I saw those two were there, I was like, all right, I got to give this a shot. And then I see Sting and Darby Allen do a tag team match against somebody. Sting hits like a double scorpion death drop and then lays the dudes on top of each other and does like a double scorpion death lock on them at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this shit's fucking cool. Yeah. If you like the old school, like 90s wrestlers like that, AEW is good too because they have a, a a pretty decent stable of guys we remember from childhood. Whereas WWE is kind of bringing that back too because they're starting to realize like these people that watched them back then want to watch wrestling again. Let's get some of this talent in. They're not doing as much with them as far as in ring action, but they are kind of there. Like, uh, is Paul White back? Oh, uh, he's in AEW. He, yeah, he, that's right. I thought I remember seeing him. I couldn't remember which one. Yep. 
He's over there um, in AEW. Uh, Jericho's in AEW. Yeah. Uh, Christian is in AEW. Yeah. But, like I said, if you if you loved watching them growing up, they're they're still there in AEW. Whereas yeah. WWE, when I try to turn it on, a lot of the people there I don't recognize anymore. I love Roman Reigns. I don't think I've ever watched him wrestle. The dude is fucking sexy as hell. I'll say that right yeah. off the bat. Like that is a fucking good looking man. Yeah, so we were like, we were watching a pay per view one time here when we used to have pay per view parties, and my mom went, "Ooh, I like Roman." Oh yeah, he's, that dude. Is, he, he's handsome. <laughs> That dude, if you've never seen him before, he's like a better looking version of Jason Momoa, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember seeing a clip of some dude ringside, like Roman Reigns is in a tag match, and dude yells at him. He's like, I loved you in Aquaman. And Roman Reigns, like, turns around. And he's like, if I was in that movie, you'd have done better. Yeah. Yeah. I love, he's not afraid to, like, go over and enter interact with the crowd i've seen the one oh, yeah. thing where this little black kid was like roman that dude suck get him get him and roman <laughs> looked at the kid and just gave him a thumbs up and when the dude came over and hit the ropes roman grabbed him and yanked him down onto the rope and then like was like oh and he walked over and gave the kid daps and shit it was funny oh, yeah. <laughs> it was good shit dude uh, i know like- a lot of wwe fans fucking hate roman reigns like uh, our buddy mike yeah. hates Roman Reigns. I don't know how he feels about him now, but like whenever they were pushing him as a baby face and everybody wanted him oh, to be yeah. heel, everyone hated him except me. It's like Ryan, my ex show partner, oh, fucking yeah. hated Roman Reigns. Probably still does. Like honestly. Well, like I said, I like Roman Reigns purely based on the fact that he's fucking nice to look at. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever watched him wrestle. He seems like he would be a good he put on a good match. Um who else is it that's like the big time, like the heavyweights like that for WWE now? Because I know like Brock Lesnar came back for WrestleMania, but uh, he's he's not really in it full time anymore. Um, uh, you got like Kevin Owens. Um, yeah, which Kevin Owens I've never been a super huge fan of. No. Uh, Randy Orton, which orton dude orton's like up there now that like he's one of like the old ring generals which is just wild to me because i remember oh, yeah. going to an, a, a live event in gainesville and seeing him wrestle before he debuted on tv oh yeah so it's just i've seen his whole career it's just been fucking wild you know dude i uh, like i like randy orton because i love dynamic finishers and the rko is like one of the coolest fucking finishers because he just hits it from any like watching dudes like jump off the top rope and he just catches them in an rko and stuff like that. yeah your finishing move especially when i was watching heavily in the 90s your finishing move usually said whether i liked you or not like the tombstone was always amazing um like goldberg with the spear and the jackhammer were just yeah. absolutely amazing like, I love those dynamic, like, when you watch somebody get a finisher and you're like, damn, I bet that hurt. Like, when Goldberg just spear the shit out of somebody from nowhere, or the sweet chin music, Shawn Michael just kick the shit out of somebody. Like, I love those finishers like that. I, uh, oh man, what was it? It was a WrestleMania a few years back. It might have been the WrestleMania where Undertaker lost the streak. I don't remember exactly, but it was Roman, I'm sorry, not Roman Reigns. It was Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. And... They're going at it, going at it, going at it. Really good match. Seth Rollins kicks him in the gut, hits the ropes, goes to do the curb stomp, and he jumps up and puts his foot on Randy Orton's back, and Randy Orton stands up and throws him like 10 feet in the air and then just I catches him with an RKO. Oh, yeah. And I was like, fuck, man. And then there was the time, yeah, Evan Bourne did the 
shooting star press, which for people who don't know, those are like a gainer is what I've heard people call them down here where you run forward and do a backflip as you jump forward. Yeah. Orton catches him on the way down. There was a thing the other day where this guy did a fucking, did some sort of like moonsault thing and Randy Orton just waited there. And as he did the moonsault, as he was coming down, he just caught him. Boom. RKO. Fucking awesome. Dude, speaking of WrestleMania, uh, I haven't watched 38 yet. I'm thinking about watching it on Peacock. Um, I watched a clip on YouTube of some dude in the crowd because I wanted to see the Stone Cold Kevin Owens match. Dude's like recording. Dude, why did it take Stone Cold literally like 15 minutes to get to the ring? Like he literally, like they show Kevin Owens like standing there on in the ring talking. You hear Stone Cold's music kicking and everybody pops. He walks out. He walks like back and forth across the thing, throwing middle fingers up and all this. Goes back off the stage and comes back out on a fucking four wheeler for yeah. some reason. Rides the four wheeler down, goes around the ring a couple of times. <laughs> like I'm so, like, damn, dude. Yeah, it's, that's well for one is because. It was the spectacle that Stone Cold was there. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like the four wheeler thing, when he was the general manager of Raw back in the day, that's what he would do. He would come down to the ring on a fucking four wheeler. <laughs> like he just oh, yeah. he would ride it down and then give his his spiel. Um. So I think that that was just an homage to that. You know, possibly I, so. so. And, and I think he was milking the entrance because it was supposed to be his last match. Like you True. know, he was coming back for that that one last match type thing. So, but yeah, it did take forever. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. It was like, like he walked halfway to the ring and stopped and turned around and went back and just left the, left the stage and come back out on the four wheeler. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It's like, a, I haven't watched night two yet. I might watch that today, actually. But, uh, there was a segment where Triple H came out and retired from in ring competition. Yeah. Officially. And, uh, yeah, his entrance took a while too. He milked it as well, and I think it's because, oh, yeah. you know, that was probably, he's thinking one of the last times he'll get to do that. Oh, yeah. So. Which he's basically, I mean, we all know when Vince McMahon kicks the bucket, he's the one that's going to be running the show. Like, he's married to Vince's daughter. I yes. think, uh, what's the, what's the, what's Vince's son's name? Shane. Shane, yeah. Um, Shane may get the, the keys to the kingdom per se, but I still think Triple H and Stephanie will be handling more of the business. I I think that it would be in good hands with oh, Stephanie yeah. and Triple H, dude. And oh, you know, yeah. people people give Triple H a lot of shit. Dude, he is one of the greatest of all time. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Like, I don't care what anybody says, dude. Like that motherfucker, like I remember watching live that match where he tore his quad and then oh, he yeah. f- finished the fucking match. And then yeah. like not even a few years ago, they were doing the Saudi Arabia show and there was a match it was Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus Kane and Undertaker. And should that match have happened? No. No, it shouldn't have. But Saudi Arabia was paying them a lot of money to bring yeah. in some legends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Triple H went over the rope at one point and his arm caught and it tore his pectoral muscle. Uh-huh. And he they went another like 15 minutes and he wrestled with the torn pectoral muscle. And afterwards, he took a picture of his fucking chest like two hours after the match. And his whole titty and his entire right arm or left arm, whichever one it was, was fucking black and purple. Just. Wow destroyed from this muscle tear and i'm like dude those guys are way tougher than i will ever be uh, <laughs> i saw a clip the other day guy was making fun of uh vince mcmahon i forget what it was but it was like something was happening in the ring vince mcmahon comes out this was like your know, steroided mcmahon era <laughs> he comes stomping out to the ring swinging his arms and shit like he does goes to dive into the ring and like hits his thighs on the ring like tears both his quads 
dude, dude, that was the craziest thing. So that was a Royal Rumble. Yeah. And John Cena, uh, I don't remember which one was supposed to go over. It was John Cena and Batista. But sure as shit, one of them slipped and they both went out and they both landed at the exact same goddamn time. Yeah. So it was like, oh shit. What do we do? So what the SmackDown do? ref is saying Cena won. The Raw ref is saying Batista won. It became yep. this thing. Yep. The ref started. So when Vince came down there, yeah, he was pissed off. And he's walking and he goes to slide in the ring, tears both of his fucking quads. Because yeah. he tries up. to stand up and then just falls backwards. And his eyes are like super. Like you could tell he's trying to fight back, just screaming and crying. Because it had to hurt so fucking bad. Yeah. And I'll never forget that look on his face. He's sitting there and he just goes, come here, damn it. Yep. <laughs> and they come over and he gives the shit to him. They then because he didn't want to sell it to the crowd, yeah. he had minimal help to walk yeah. all the way up that ramp back to the backstage. Uh-huh. So like say what you want about Vince McMahon. That's a tough motherfucker. You know you know as soon as he was out of eyesight, he fucking crumpled to the ground. Oh, yeah. Uh Bruce Pritchard tells a story where he said that he's walking through backstage and he just hears Vince McMahon, motherfucker. Oh God damn it! Like once he's out of, but he didn't sell it a bit in front of the fans, which oh, I'm yeah. just like, God, that's impressive, dude. I'd have been yeah. crying like a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'd have been man. like, cut the tape, cut the tape. <laughs> we got a problem here. Get a stretcher out here. <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh. Let's see. What's Good. next? Let's wrap the wrestling talk. <laughs> Courtney asks the question. Shout out to Courtney, my boo. Uh, what is one thing in a video game? you wished didn't exist fucking escort missions like yes, no bitch. video game in history has gotten a fucking escort mission right horizon forbidden west did decent to the point where if you start running the person you're escorting or you're supposed to be following runs to but like it's like can we stop this shit like i hate escort missions it's so fucking aggravating yep i agree I agree. Um, that would be a close, a close. Actually, that would probably be my first answer is escort missions. So, like, I'll give my second answer, and that is forced underwater sections where you have limited breath. Yeah, those are aggravating as shit. They give me anxiety, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know if you got that far in Biomutant. Did you get to the hy- the hypoxia area? Um, where it's like there's a vacuum, there's no air to breathe, so you have to like get from building to building no, through like puzzle that. areas and like but if you don't get there by the time it hits a hundred percent your life bar just starts just running down and dude it's like i'm i quit yesterday because i got frustrated i got stuck in an area like that where i couldn't get out but that meter was just still running so i just kept dying i was like you know what fuck this i'll shut the game off i'll just start from my last save and like dude it's just so damn aggravating I hate breath mechanics. Now, I, it makes sense in games like Skyrim and stuff because you're not forced to go underwater. It's just like if yeah. you want to go explore, then you raise your, you know, you, or you get a water breathing spell or, you know, a potion that oh, lasts yeah. however long and then you have the time or you just play as an Argonian and you can just breathe underwater. But there you go. You know, there are there are ways about it in those, but but it's not forced upon you. Yeah. Whereas these games, I can think of. Uh, like Tomb Raider or uh, was it Ocarina of Time that has the yeah. underwater temple? Like these things, it's yeah. like well, fucking why? Yeah. Crash Bandicoot does it with the underwater Crash Bandicoot levels. Even though you can breathe, I just fucking hate underwater levels. Like Super Mario sixty four did it, but you had air bubbles where you could you could get more air while you were underwater. But you yeah, know, but it's like forcing that shit is aggravating. 
Yeah. That's why I like games like uh, Abzu because it's like you're underwater right. and you're swimming around, but there's no breath meter. Like you're just yep. exploring. Like it's, it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question here from Kana. It's your favorite bad video game. If we're going critically bad, I would have to say like cyberpunk. Cause technically critically that was a bad game. I don't think it was a bad game. I loved it. I started a new build on it with the next gen, like, last week um as far as actual bad video game probably primal rage because it's literally a dinosaur fighting game like it's terrible but it's fucking awesome to play bro oh man listen i don't know how you feel about emulation but i don't and i don't know how easy it would be to come across a copy of it yeah but i have a game for ps1 it's called warpath jurassic park oh yeah and and it is a fighting game with dinosaurs and it's a blast it's a blast Nice, um, but yeah, Primal Rage, man, I haven't played that in forever. It's bad. The Game Boy version is absolutely atrocious. I have that, and it's just absolute <laughs> garbage. Like I played it on Genesis. It, it's fun to play, even though it's garbage. So, what about uh, you? Well, uh, if I was gonna say like you did, um, probably a series that gets critically panned usually, but I enjoy it a lot is like the Hyperdimension Neptunia series. Yeah, it's just quirky JRPG fun. Um, if I was gonna pick a, a, the the game most recently that is janky and it shouldn't be as good as it is, and it's it's a terrible game, but I love it and the people that I play it with, we all have a blast. And that is uh, Garfield Kart Furious Racing. Oh yeah, I've heard that game is is fun, bad. It is way better than it has any right to be. Oh, but yeah. Um, I believe I'm trying to think of another one like Devour that I've been playing with Steph recently. Like that oh, yeah. game's not great, but it's fun. She's yeah, trying I mean. to get me to play it, and I may eventually break down. But my problem is every time you guys stream it, I'm at work, and I don't like to stream while at work because if a customer comes in, I turn it off. I don't want to be right in the middle of something and just be like, "Oh, sorry, I gotta go be quiet for 20 minutes while somebody walks around my store and looks at everything and doesn't buy anything." <laughs> There, there has been a few times recently where she's been wanting to play it around like 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. So next time she's trying to vibe for one of those, I'll uh, I'll give you a shout and be like, oh, see yeah. if you want to join. But yeah, that uh, that does it for the uh, the community questions. And uh, I believe that about wraps it up, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little uh, housekeeping. Yeah, yeah, man. Go for it. So uh, if you're not part of the Facebook group, um, we have... We have a lot of fun over there. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash yet another BS podcast. Um, if you want to send us topics, advice, questions, butthole pictures, whatever, um, we have an email, yet another BS pod at gmail.com. You can ask to be anonymous on that if you want to ask something you don't want to be tied to. Yeah. Otherwise, you can post in the Facebook group. We're on Twitter at at YabsPod, Y-A-B-S-P-O-D. I'm on Twitter at at Just Call Me Jezza, and Dalton is at Super Nerd Dalton. You can reach out on Twitter. Um, Dalton put together a nice little website for the show. It's uh, YabsPod.wordpress.com. That's a good place to go for links to 
all the episodes and whatever else Dalton has added to it. I'm not sure. I, I haven't added anything yet, but uh, on our episode links, like whenever you, we post new episodes, I do try to uh, list like like our song recommendations will be under this episode, right. you know, and things like that. I do try to put in for references. Yeah, in we're there. we're terrible at that stuff. Personally, by the time I leave here today, I will have forgotten everything we talked about. So <laughs> if you hear me mention something in an episode and you want a link to it, by all means, reach out and ask for it and I will gladly provide it. But just remember that I have forgotten that I said anything about it by the time the show airs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just want to throw in at the end here that I want to give shout outs to my other pods. Uh the Steam Machine Podcast is a bi-weekly uh, PC gaming show that I do with my buddies Nate and Willie. Um, our upcoming game that we're going to be talking about is Kerbal Space Program. Um, and then after that, we're going to be doing Amnesia, The Dark Descent. So I'm about ready to uh, get some scary game in me. Oh, nice. Uh, that was the, the last fan-voted game. And then the next the next fan-voted game that won, that'll be the, the next one after Amnesia, is uh, Final Fantasy VII. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. And uh, also, you know, check out uh, JRPG Report. I'm going to be, like I said, I'll be taking that over for my buddy James. And uh, I hope that I can continue on uh, the legacy of that show and make him proud. So be sure to check me out. Oh, yeah. and, any, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, man. Just be a good person. Just if you're, really if you're listening. I really don't want to, though. Just be a good person. Like, just don't don't shit on things people love. Just be good. Love for all hip, all that hippie shit. You know what I'm saying, man? I'm gonna go smoke some more pot for this week. <laughs> my name, my name is Dalton. Thanks you, Jeremy. Thanks you. Yeah, thanks you. Yeah, I do words good yeah, podcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we uh, do words good. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>